Amen. Thou, O king, sawest and behold a great image. This great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. This image head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part iron and part of clay. Thou sawest till that a stone, everybody say a stone, was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet and the iron and the clay and break them to pieces. Break them to pieces. Let's turn to Matthew 21. The book of Matthew chapter number 21. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't get quiet on me now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't care if you ran the aisles while I'm reading it. Praise God. God is an awesome God. Amen. He's worthy at all times. Hallelujah. Matthew 21. And we're going to start at verse number 41. Amen. When you have it, say amen. amen. They say unto him, he will be. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm on verse number. I'm on chapter number 21. I think I said verse number 40. Did I say 41 or 42? There he goes. 42, Jesus saith unto them, did you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. Everybody said the Lord's doing. Remember it said it was cut out without hands. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, say I unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. And whosoever shall fall upon this stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall, it shall grind him into powder. Amen. Let's turn to the book of Acts chapter 2. Acts 2, 37 and 38. Amen. The help of the Lord. You always need God. You always need him, no matter what. Amen. Verse number 37, 2 and 37, and we're going to read through to 38. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. It said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank God for the salvation message. Praise God. Amen. When you say we clap our hands to the Lord, let's give him all the glory that he's worthy of. God, you may be seated. Amen. Does anybody hear that? Amen. That is the cry of souls. That's the Macedonia cry you're hearing right now. You say, I don't hear anything, Brother Lewis. Tune your spiritual ears in, and you can hear the cry of people that are out in the streets, of people whose souls are bruised and busted and broken and have no direction. And you'll hear the Macedonian cry. Come and preach to us. Amen. We're living in an hour where preaching is very much needed. Amen. The name of this sermon, I usually don't give it at the beginning, but I've been doing this a lot lately, so I'm going to give it. The fall of Babylon, the rise of the soul. The fall of Babylon, the rise of the soul. 
Amen. God's concern is for the world. Amen. It's his oldest time itself. Ever since creation, God has always been concerned with this world. Amen. When the Bible said that the world was out without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep, it said the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So God was concerned from day one. And he said, let there be light. And he didn't stop there. He separated the light from the darkness. And the reason he did that is because he is concerned about the world. Amen. He knew what was coming down the pike. He could see what we could not see. The world was in total chaos, and he knew if there's anything that's going to be done, I'm going to have to do it. God has always been the one that can do something about it. If you have a concern in your heart and in your soul, you need to learn to turn to God. You don't need to learn to turn to technology. You need to turn to God. Amen. Dr. Phil does not have your answers. God has the answer. Amen. You don't have to worry about who the next president is if you got God on your side. Only thing you need to worry about is whether or not God is on your side. And if you don't have God on your side, I strongly suggest you get God on your side. He doesn't want to be on the opposite side of you. He wants to be on the same side that you are on. But he wants you to join him on his side. Because if you are on his side, then you are 100% in the right and the world is in the wrong. I'm telling you right now, the world is deceiving. It is deceptive. It is a lie. They try to trap children. Anybody that wants to trap a child at seven years old into a case of pornography, that is a, that is a world I do not want a part of. I want to be a part of a world that wants to raise up children in a godly generation that will stand before God, that will subdue the ways of the enemy and say, I am not going to give in. I will not forsake the waters of, li of life. I will not forsake it. Amen. I'm not going to forsake it. I look at my children. I told my wife, I said, you know what? They're starting these kids young, trying to get them hooked on all kinds of garbage right now. Amen. So I'm going to start telling my kids, you need to get hooked on this. I'm going to get them hooked on the word of God. I'm going to get them hooked on the things of God. I'm going to stop letting the world decide whether or not a child is going to be hooked on the things of the world. But they need to be hooked on the things of God. Praise God. Amen. The enemy of the soul, which is the devil. He is the one that is concerned about dooming a person's soul to hell. That is not God's thing. God wants you to be saved. The Bible says he's not willing that any should perish, but that all, all, not one or two, but everybody should come to repentance. You say, well, I thought you need to be baptized as well. If you repent of your sins, you will be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. So God's concern has always been for this world. Man's fall, he showed an overwhelming concern on his creation. So much so that the very first prophecy of hope that was given to mankind was Genesis 3 and 15. That I will put enmity, that literally means hatred or, uh, or hostility between thee and the woman. Between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise. That word, I looked it up and I was wondering what that meant. That word is shoot. That's like the same word where you get a shoe when it says that it will bruise. He's literally going to put his foot and he's going to crush. And that also means to gape or to fall upon. You're going to bruise. It's going to bruise 
thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. So God is saying, yeah, you might crush the heel, but I'm going to crush your head as you're crushing my heel. And I'm going to put my foot on your neck and I'm going to grind you down, devil. And there's not going to be anything left of you. God has always intended to win. God is not a loser. He never will be a loser. He's always been a winner. From day one, he was a winner. From the time that creation came into being, he was the winner. They said that it takes three elements to create the universe. I like to come against that. It is a time, space, and matter that creates the universe. They left the fourth element out. It's God. God is the fourth element that you need to have creation. The world don't create itself. We're not evolutionists. We believe in an almighty God that created all things. In him do we live, move, and have our being. And our story started when I read the story about the great image. I'm going to give you just, how many of you give me a chance to, 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 to build a foundation? The story of Israel when they went into captivity. It, it was, uh, they went into captivity to Babylon. Babylon was a type of the world. Amen. I know we talk about Egypt as a type of the world, but Babylon is a type of the world's system. Egypt was a type of the world, but the system of the world was Babylon. Babylon had the largest population of any known village at that time. They weren't even a village. I believe they said it was one of the first times that it was referred to. A place was referred to as a city. It had a population of over 200,000 people. That is a lot of people in that day and hour. And the kingdom was a massive kingdom. And God 100% was not behind that kingdom, but he was behind the children of Israel. But in Israel's wanderings, they ignored the, the warnings of Jeremiah the prophet when he told King Jehoiakim that you're going to go into captivity. He even gave him the name of who was going to take him into captivity. His name will be Nebuchadnezzar. He is my servant. That is what's going to happen. But Israel in their hardness of heart refused to listen and said I don't need to have a prophet let me tell you something pastor preached it this morning you better have a man of God in your life you need somebody telling you what to do praise God oh, I don't need nobody telling me what to do I'm a red-blooded American I can do whatever I want to do you go and try to tell the United States government that and see how far that gets you Decide not to pay your taxes to see how far that gets you. Live, die, sink, or swim. Somebody's going to tell you what to do. By trick, by hook, or by crook, somebody's going to get you to do what they want you to do. And I'd much rather have God be the one telling me what to do. I'd much rather listen to the prophet in my life. I'd much rather listen to the man of God in my life. I'd much rather listen to him because that's the best voice you can ever have. The greatest preacher in your life should be your pastor. There is no greater preacher than your pastor. There is no Nobody that preaches better than your pastor. I say it and I say it loud and I say it proud. I really don't care. When my Bible first, I opened up my Bible the first time, the first person I got to sign it was my pastor because that's the greatest preacher in my life. He is the greatest preacher to exist. I know people say, well, how do you figure that? My pastor, good, that's your pastor, but this is mine. Amen, and he is the greatest preacher to ever exist. Amen. And I thank God because he's humble. I know my pastor can take that. It was a land of idol worship. Nebuchadnezzar was one of the world leaders, if you could say. He was a conqueror. He was interested in expanding his kingdom for his own. Sounds a lot like somebody else we know. 
The devil is interested in expanding his kingdom for his own. Do you know the devil wants you for his kingdom? That's what he's interested in. He wants you for his kingdom. But he doesn't want you just want, want you for your kingdom. He wants to be a taskmaster over everything you do. Well, what are you talking about? How in the world is the devil a taskmaster? I'm able to do whatever I want to do. You think you're able to do whatever you want to do. Trust me. The whole purpose of the spirit world is about control. Somebody wants to control. There's always going to be somebody in charge. If you don't have somebody in charge, you have anarchy. Amen? You have anarchy. And Nebuchadnezzar was one of the world leaders. And he was only about expanding his kingdom for his own. I'm Nebuchadnezzar. Matter of fact, history talks about Nebuchadnezzar, that he was very egotistic. Amen? Everything was about his kingdom. So much so that he ended up having his kingdom stripped for him and God sent him out to a field to eat like a beast until the time had passed over him. Until even he said, I know now that the God of heaven doth ruleth because God will humble the proud and God will humble your enemy. Your enemy, the devil, as a roaring lion, seeketh who he may devour, whom what resist steadfast in the faith, not by faith, in the faith. That means you need to be in the church. You need to be a part of the church. Once you become a part of the body, you are not all by yourself. You are connected. Amen. There's one thing I always hear people talk about fingers and toes and legs and stuff like that. But in the body that holds that stuff together are ligaments and joints. There's also blood flow. We can't forget about cellular structure and molecular structure of the human body. Amen. You play a part in the body of Christ. It doesn't matter what you are. Maybe you're a tendon. Maybe you're there just to hold the muscles up tight, but you better be the best tendon that there is because God has got something grand planned for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. This isn't a one-man show. We're in the church because God put us in the church. God expands the kingdom. God is into expanding his kingdom, and he's into enlarging his territory, but he isn't in it just for himself. He's in it also to benefit others, and that when we get into the kingdom, we become more than a conqueror. Roman 8, 37 says, nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. When you get into the church, you become more than a conqueror. You don't have to go out there and get conquest to try to prove whether or not you're a big, big man. All you got to do is live for God. It takes a real man to live for God. It doesn't take some sissy wimp to live for God. If you're a sissy and you're a wimp, you'll never live for God. But if you're in the church and you're going strong and you don't care what your family thinks, your friends think, anybody else thinks. Amen. Trust me. You're more than a conqueror. Amen. I'm not afraid to push against hell. I'm sick of hell. I'm tired of it. Amen. The problem is today we don't have people that want to preach it. They want to be sugarcoat about it. Amen. But thank God we're in a church that doesn't sugarcoat. Amen. We don't give you gum drops. We don't give you bubble gum. We don't give you candy snacks. But we give you the meat or the sincere milk of the word of God. And the reason that is is because if you are eating nothing but snack foods and junk food and trash all the time, you're going to become spiritually diabetic. You're going to wish to God you had paid attention and you'll become anemic and you'll wonder why you're malnourished. But in the church of the 
living God, with a man of God that's not afraid to preach it to you. You better take it. You better count it. You better realize and say aloud and proud that it is not about the man of God. It is about God. The man of God is delivering it to you, and God has anointed him for that. But I'm going to tell you right now, this world wants to tear down men of God, and it wants to tear down preachers uh, and say, you can't preach the truth. Watch me preach the truth. Uh, watch me tell it like it is. Uh, what are you going to do about it, devil? I'm going to still preach it. Live, die, seek, or swim. Well, praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, come on, amen. I feel the Holy Ghost in here right now. I feel spiritual boldness in this place. This church has stepped up to another level. And I'm telling you right now, it's not going back down, but the church is going up. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of the living God. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. When's the last time you got excited about the doctrine of one God? That neither is there salvation in any other. There's no other name. That's one God. It said in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made what? In John 1 and 14, flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. There is no God but our God. I said there's only one God. You might as well get the Trinity out of your head. It don't exist. The Trinity didn't cast Israel aside because of their idolatry. One God couldn't cast them aside because he said, my glory I will not share with another. And Daniel went into captivity with them. Amen. You may be seated. And Babylon mistreated the children of Israel. Put out the eyes of Jehoiakim. That's what the devil wants to do right now. There's somebody in here. He wants to put your eyes out so you can't see. He wants to take you further into captivity and blind your eyes. The Bible didn't say he burned their eyes out. He put their eyes out. He took them and he cut his eyes out of his head. He blinded him so that there was no chance of ever being able to see again and led him away into captivity and he became a pauper among the heathen. Amen. Did you know that's what the devil wants for someone in here today? You're not in here today by happenstance. You're in here today because the spirit of God is trying to draw you out of Babylon. It's time to come out of that system. It's time to come out of that system that is destined for hell. That's going to burn like wood, hay, and stubble. That's going to be utterly destroyed. He wants you to come out. Come out from among them, saith the Lord. Come out from among them, my people, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing. See, we live in a generation that wants to tell you that if you do this and you do that, that you're a square. I don't really care what the world says about it. God didn't call me a square. God called me a child of the living God. And so you keep your square. Amen. And I'll be a child of the king. And I want you to understand something. When a man of God is up here saying something, I just feel to nail this down real fast. 
He's not up here preaching in arrogance. He's preaching because God is the one that's in control. And he's reaching for your soul. And the world says, you can't talk to me like that because you're just judging me. Wrong. No, that's not how it works. I'm not judging you. The word of God judges you. That's not how that works. When the man of God preaches across the pulpit, it's not the time to bow up, but it's time to say, oh, that's me. That's me. I'm too old to be given in to God. I'm too young. That's a lie of the world. And Israel was taken into a foreign land. And Daniel was taken in with the rest of the children of Israel. And they mistreated them and made them eunuchs so that they could not reproduce. The devil's not interested in only killing your eyesight so you can't see to come into church. But he also is interested in making you unproductive. He wants you to be on drugs, alcohol, lying, cheating, stealing, all these things that are not conducive to God. And they were taken into this foreign land. And Daniel, because of the way he acted, he, did, he said, you know what? I don't care if they want me to be unproductive. I'm going to be productive. Some way God is going to help me to be productive. And he became among the wise men in the entire kingdom. In the entire kingdom, he became one of the wise men. When the day came, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And in that dream, he saw something. He said, I want all of the wise men and all the soothsayers and witches to come before me. I want all the warlocks and all these people. And you tell me what my dream was because it's gone from me. And so they all, you know, got together, did their little talking, their little union, their little seances, their little, <laughs> said, okay, king, tell us what your dream is. And Nebuchadnezzar wasn't an idiot. He straight up said it. He said, you don't have the dream, then you don't have the interpretation of it. And your houses are going to be made a dunghill. And he put a decree to have all of the wise men in Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom killed. He said, I want them all dead. None of them are to truth. And then the, the order came to Daniel's ears, and Daniel said, why is the king so hasty? There's a God in heaven that can interpret that dream. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I'm still preaching about the fall of Babylon. Amen. And the rise of the soul. Amen. The golden head represented Babylon, the silver Persia. The brass represented Greece. The iron represented Rome of the eastern and western kingdoms. And the iron and the clay feet represented from the dark ages into the modern day. Every age becomes weaker and more worthless than the next when they're in the world. It becomes weaker. As a matter of fact, I believe I read in a place where it said that when he had that image and he saw it, more than likely that image was not standing still, but that image was moving because of the weakness of the feet of that idol. Amen. Iron and clay cannot mix. Amen. You increase today's world, they want you to increase in the world. Amen. But the only increase the world has is crime and poverty. And they have all types of inroads of sin that could get you with social media. And they want to get you hooked with your cell phone where you can't ever get yourself right in your mind. Because the devil is after your mind. You know, the devil can't work with your heart, but he will try to work with your mind. 
Amen. I want to tell you right now that we're not going to give in to the kingdom of hell just because technology is in existence. Amen. Because we're not an image-driven society. We are driven by the word of God. Amen. The Bible talks about us being of the word of God. We are begot of the word of God. And the image was in front of him. And he said, I saw it. And then Daniel interpreted it for him. And he said, you saw this image. And he described it to him. And then he said, but then all of a sudden something strange happened. A stone came out of a mountain that no man had carved out and flew at the image and shattered it at his feet. And it said that all of it broke into pieces and it scattered. Because that's what the world is to God. Amen. You know what the image represents? The image represents the system of the world. Unsturdy. Amen. Without direction. Always swaying. Always moving. Never having a sense of direction. In Matthew 24 and 4, Jesus said to, be, to take heed to yourself that no man deceive you. Don't be deceived by the system of this world. And Jesus says in Matthew 24 and 12, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. The love of many shall wax cold. Amen. That image represented the world system. That image represented the system. It's coldness. It's deadness. It could not answer. It could not move. All it could do was sit there and be grand for somebody to look at, for somebody to stare at and say, oh, what a wonderful image. But God was saying, this is what I think of that image. And he threw that stone made without hands. The system is in place and it's hell's kingdom and it is in place. Amen. You don't think you're living in the last days. You better wake up. You better wake up. You're living in the last days. Jesus is coming back. 1 John 2 and 18 said, little children, it is the last time. Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard, the Antichrist shall come. But even now, there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that is the last time. Amen. It said, little children, do you know it is already here? The time is now. Amen. You don't need to wait until tomorrow to get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You need to get it today. I'll telling you right now, you need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, I feel good right now. Hallelujah. Amen. 2 Timothy 3 and 1 says, Know also that in the last time, perilous times shall come. We're in those times. 2 Peter 3 and 3 said, Knowing this first. I'm almost finished. Somebody want to come to the music. 2 Peter 3 and 3 said, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust. Everybody say, own lust. They want to walk after their own lust. They scoff at anything that's good. Oh, you are those people that like to act holy and dress holy and holier than now. That's not how that operates. God wants to save people's soul. He's not showing you to try to be holier than now. He's showing you because this is what he wants to make of you. He wants to make you a people set apart for his name. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. You don't want to pass this opportunity up. You ought to seize the opportunity to get the Holy Ghost in your life. 
Second Thessalonians 2 and 7 says, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. There's already a mystery of iniquity. Even in that time, there was a mystery of iniquity that was at work. And it hasn't stopped working. Let me tell you something. Time don't mean anything to the spirit world. All they know is that it's getting short. And they want to get as many people as they possibly can. But let me tell you something. Here's the good news. Jesus wants to get as many as he possibly can too. And he wants to take people right out of the hands of the enemy. You need to get salvation in its entirety. You don't need to get halfway born. You need to be fully born. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You need to be full of the Holy Ghost. You need to live for God. 1 John 2 and 16 said, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it is not of the Father, but it is of the world. I'm telling you, Jesus is here right now to save you. Jesus is here right now. He said to save. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Oh, Brother Lewis, I don't need it. Oh, I want to tell you, yes, you need it. Because it's for you. It's for anybody that is willing. I'm telling you right now, God is making a call in this world. It is not high time for the church to sit there and say, I'm not seeing it. But you need to tune into the Spirit and say, I see it. Every day you wake up, you need to say, I see it. Every day you wake up, you need to see faces. You don't need to see people that are some kind of, you don't need to see them like they're animals. See them like they're people. They got enough people in the world telling them that they're animals day after day. You're worth nothing. You're worthless. Uh, you don't need to have a daddy in your life. Uh, you can be whatever you want to be. Hey, you're a boy. You can be a girl. Hey, you're a girl. You can be a boy. Let me tell you something right now. That is not the will of God. Uh, they get enough people telling them what they need to be. Uh, opposite of the things of God. Uh, but the suicide rate is so high. Uh, because people are not grasping that God has got a new identity for them. Uh, if you give me an opportunity. I'm going to knock over the image in your life. I'll crumble it to pieces and I'll let it blow away with the wind. You say what's the wind? The wind is the Holy Ghost. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all, all all the house where they were sitting and there appeared under them covered tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all they were all they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance 2 Corinthians 6 and 2 for he saith I have heard thee in the accepted and in the day of salvation have I secured thee you're in the house today God is waiting to tell you I'm securing you why don't you let him secure you why don't you let him get you in his hand and stop rejecting the things of God and say I want the Holy Ghost to reign and rule in my life I have secured thee behold now is the accepted time behold now 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 is the day of salvation are you hearing me hey there's people that don't got the Holy Ghost in this place uh, and you need to get it come on Zacchaeus this day has salvation come to your house you need to have some conviction 
Oh, Brother Lewis, I don't have any conviction. That's because you need the Holy Ghost. You get the Holy Ghost in your life. You'll start having conviction. You'll stop going to those places. You'll stop talking that way. You'll stop. God, God, feel with the Holy Ghost. And you begin to speak with tongues. And you're not going to swear anymore. You're not going to talk dirty talk anymore. You're not going to say something you shouldn't say anymore. Because the Holy Ghost is for you. I said the Holy Ghost is for you. And it says in 39 of Acts chapter 2 verse 39. For the promise is unto you and to your children. Your children. That's your children. That's your children. That's your children. To you and to your children. And to all that are far off. I don't have any kids. One day you will. And the day that you have them, the promise is for them. Just as much as it is for their kids after them. And their kids after to them amen God wants to bring about uh, no I'll take that back God is on his way God is not wanting to bring about he is on his way and he's going to destroy the system of Babylon Babylon will fall and I want to be a part of those that say hallelujah and not a part of those that say alas I want to be a part of those that say hallelujah Babylon has fallen Babylon is gone. I want to be a part of that kingdom. I want to be a part of the risen soul. I want to be a part of that soul that rises. It says hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. I need a Holy Ghost. I need a Holy Ghost. Man, I hope somebody's helping me pray right now because I feel an urgency in the spirit that you're looking up here and you're saying, Preacher, you're just trying to get me hyped up. No, I'm not trying to get you hyped up. I'm trying to get your attention. Amen. No matter emotion I can do, amen, will ever do anything. But the Holy Ghost will do it. If you listen to what the Holy Ghost is saying, the reason why a preacher preaches like this is because of the desire in God's heart to See you full of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Let's worship God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, the Holy Ghost is moving. What does this mean to you? What does this mean to you? (laughs) Well, I have the Holy Ghost, Brother Lewis. What about the Macedonian call? What does it mean to you? Are you interceding for that person you know doesn't have it? Come on, I feel a deep, a deep prodding of the Holy Ghost to not scratch the surface. Let's not scratch the surface. Come on, let's not scratch the surface. Let's dig our claws. Dig our fingers in. God, I hear him. God, if nobody else hears them, I hear them.
come, Lord Jesus. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. And Babylon is going to fall. Right now, hallelujah. Hallelujah, you need the Holy Ghost. You don't need to be staying in the back. You need to come up to this front. Because the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And he will bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, not as the system giveth, give I unto you. Oh, hallelujah, come on. Oh, come on, hallelujah. I'm not looking for a response to this sermon. I'm looking for the Holy Ghost. I've seen God fill people with the Holy Ghost a lot recently. So I know you can get it if you can just climb out of your comfort zone. Hallelujah. Come on, I want us all to come to this altar. Come on, I don't want any standing in the back. I want us all to come to this altar. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. I want us all to come to this altar. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, I feel a pride in the Holy Ghost. I feel a pride in the Holy Ghost. I'm coming. I'm coming. This is the stone which is said not of ye builders, but has become the head of the corner. Fall upon that rock and be broken so you don't get ground into dust. Fall upon that rock. You better hear the word of the Lord. Tomorrow is not promised to you. Tomorrow is not promised. It's not promised. I got the Holy Ghost, but are you cold in spirit? It's not promised. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. I feel a shifting right now. Oh, hallelujah. I feel a shifting in the spirit. I feel a digging in. That's the thing about a cornerstone. It won't be moved. He's not going to move. But he's want, he wants you to move. You need to find that stone. And you need to fall on it. It'll be broken. Fall on it and be broken. Fall on it and be broken. Fall on it and be broken. 
Paul ought to be broken. Come on, church. There's people that need the Holy Ghost. They were one mind and one accord. Oh, it came like a rushing mighty wind. Oh, hallelujah. I want to be full of that wind of the Holy Ghost. I don't want to be driven out by the wind. Come on, all my intercessors. Oh. Oh, God. Oh. Oh, God. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, church. I feel like we're all getting into that one mind and one accord right now. I feel it. I feel it. Come on. We're in the upper room right now. We're getting in one mind and one accord. Hallelujah, because they were all filled. It's the will of God that all be filled with the Holy Ghost. Haramosota. I don't want Babylon to decide what's right for me. I want Babylon to fall. I want that soul to rise. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Kelamato Saramahaya. Come on, hallelujah. What's happening is not a manufactured move. This is the Holy Ghost. This is the Holy Ghost. Babylon will fall. Babylon will fall. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, hallelujah. No more lukewarmness. No more lukewarm. Red hot. Red hot. Red hot. Red hot. 
of Jesus, God. I want to be full with Jesus, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, dig on in. Dig in in the spirit. Your flesh will be tired quicker than your spirit will. I assure you, your flesh will, but your spirit won't. Fight back. Babylon will fall. Babylon will fall. You want to think of that soul you've been talking to. Oh, Brother Lewis, it seems like they don't want it. They want it. Don't look at their exterior. Hear the call of Macedonia. Preach to me. Pray for me. Hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah. Oh, God. Make me a house of prayer, a 